0: this episode of the local hustlers podcast is brought to you by flamingo pools your go-to maintenance and repair company in the east valley stop wasting your valuable time trying to take care of your pool and let the professionals at flamingo pools take care of it for you visit azflamingopools.com for a free quote today Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Local Hustlers Podcast. Where we are excited today to have Andy Cooper and his business partner Jenna Foote from Value Nation Real Estate. It's a pleasure having you guys on today. Thank hey, you. thanks for having thanks. us. This is awesome. It's yeah, we're excited.
2: Uh,
1: why don't both of you take a couple of minutes each and give us a little background story before we talk about, you know, how you guys came together and got this all started
3: up. Okay, I'll start. Um I so I mean I don't know how far you want me to go back, but I mean back Although, to the radio days, dating, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. So, I guess yeah, I guess it, um so you know, we're a real estate company, so I guess I should start with a real estate background. I mean, my mom was a realtor. Okay. And and so as early as, you know, when I was in college, there's a couple of things I was doing in college. I was I was a DJ at KNIX. I did the seven to midnight show for, huh. for a few years there. Oh, I was nice. going to ASU, and KNIX was you know right across the river from ASU, so I could just kind of run back and forth throughout you know throughout the day. It was great. And then, um, <clears throat> but also she was a realtor, and so I got into you know helping her, and you know and she was investing in single family mostly, a little bit of multifamily okay. like fourplexes and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And so she, you know, she would let me get in on some of the investments every once in a while. So Uh I started kind of investing in real estate in, you know, when I was around 20. Yeah. And so that's kind of where the whole, you know, real estate thing started. And I I continued to do radio and then, you know, ended up quitting radio to go on a mission for my church. Went down to Brazil for a couple of years. And then when I came back, did a little bit more on radio, was at Mix 96.9 for a while And then decided you know what I'm gonna do real estate full-time and I got into commercial real estate and Uh so commercial real estate I did for about 10 years whereas mostly representing tenants and landlords Uh restaurants retailers stuff like that um, and doing some you know doing some pretty big commercial real estate deals and uh, and that I guess you know, we could kind of save the segue for how we got into value nation. But that's kind of what, what leads up to uh, where we are now. Okay. And then you, Jenna.
2: So um, my connection to real estate is that I just love homes. (laughs) Uh I love real estate. I've been looking at homes and properties for gosh, probably since my teenage years, I helped my parents sell one of our homes um, and, you know, did a lot of the marketing for that, um, which at the time I thought was like, slavery but you know honestly (laughs) when you're like 16 and your mom's like make something for me so anyways that that was kind of like my you know step into that and then when my husband and i finished our undergrads in um, 2009 we were in the market for a new home and we kind of got familiar with the process of buying and how that works and it was just really exciting to me um so i'd often find myself on like zillow or realtor.com you know Uh just kind of like looking to see what's out there and and, and deciding what I liked about certain properties and how they were being marketed and what I didn't like. And yeah. it was like an automatic turnoff. And basically, my husband and I have purchased three homes and I bought all three of them. Like, he just was like, cool. But I'm I was the one it, that yeah. picked it, you know, and I, I started to get really familiar with Um, the process and what you want in a home and what you don't. And um, anyway, so I got into social media marketing um, probably about 10 years ago. Um, And I'd been working on building my own brand, but I got into other people's branding, other companies. Um, And so I did branding for millennial choirs and orchestras for a little while, and um, was doing my own stuff. And then um, we moved into um, our current neighborhood where Andy and his family live. And we got to talking, and he was like, can you come and work for me? <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. What do you want me to do? And uh, he's like, everything. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> um, but anyway, so I kind of joined. She's that talented word. It's <laughs> okay. like, you really
3: do. It's like, you sometimes when you're hiring, it's like, you can, you know, there's, I think the saying is something like you 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 hire for the personality yeah. and then you train right. for the skills. right? right? Exactly. And so yeah. Jen is one of those types of people. It's like, well, I don't care what you're gonna do yeah. for us. Just come <laughs> to just work for you. us yeah. and we're gonna put you to work and it's yeah. gonna be amazing because of who you are. yeah
2: you know? yeah, and I was really grateful he had the faith in me, you know and and also at the same time, we were we were selling one home in the neighborhood to move just down the street to a uh-huh. bigger home. And that's where we live now, but um, that same week, I remember you were helping us broker that deal and then you were like, so shall we talk about working together? And I was like, hmm. sure. So I kind of jumped on board um, right as I was like, you know, a client. And so I had this firsthand experience with Value nation yeah. that lent to its credibility for me. And I was like, yeah, I can. I can work for this company. I believe in this, this model works. I mean, we saved over 13,000 on uh-huh. our transactions. Uh-huh. And I was like, more people need to do this. Yeah. So, cool. so it was easy for me to to jump on board with Andy, and he's great to work with, and we have a lot of you know good banter, I guess you could call it or whatever between us. We work together well, and and so uh, yeah, it's been fun.
1: It's awesome. Good stuff. So, did you go to school at all?
2: I don't have a real estate license, but I have a degree in communications. Uh-huh. I studied broadcast journalism at okay. BYU, and so some of my degree had to do with um, you know social media. It was that, new I was at the say, time.
1: Is that where you learned social media marketing? Yeah, actually, yeah.
2: So I worked at Channel Five for an internship, and that was when Twitter was like just barely kind of on the scene. And this girl I worked with um, doing web stuff was like, "You need to be on Twitter," and I was like, "What is?" it? <laughs> yeah. And she like got me on there, and I was like, "I." still don't get this, but it's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, so I kind of got familiar with that. I was already on Facebook and yeah. and then, you know, Instagram was rolled out with the smartphone and the whole idea of like, you know, just posting pictures with captions. And of course they figured out how to monetize it real fast. Uh-huh. And then people were like, how can you use this to market, okay. you know? So it kind of just like picked up where it left yeah. out for me. But yeah, that's my background.
3: Cool. You remember the first time you heard somebody say tweet I tweeted that. Like, yeah. it, was, it was the dumbest thing in yeah. the world. This oh, thing's yeah. never going to take I off. I thought it was so stupid. And <laughs> I, I was pretty young, but I was like, like what is, is a it? We
0: right Like, what are you tweeting about? Yeah. It was a weird thing.
2: It was, but now it's just like... I don't know, everybody's on Twitter, yeah, you know, no, so, so yeah, so I was kind of like right at the beginning of social media, yeah. like as I was coming out of college, it was just kind of the thing, it was before influencers, before really internet marketing existed in that form, you know, personal marketing yeah. based on algorithms and things like that, so it's been really fun to kind of see that grow and change and kind of learn how to play the game yeah. so to speak yeah.
1: yeah well it's kind of like that with all social media platforms when they first come out everyone's just like what the heck is this like this is so stupid i remember thinking the yeah. same thing about instagram and facebook right. well Snap. now tiktok's out about yeah. Snap. <laughs> like, yeah. we, yeah. we don't need another platform I know, yeah, you right know right, and, right, then, right, and then and everybody's one. on it yeah, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> the, the first ones that jump on are always the best yeah. so. it's
2: so true yeah gotta be an early adopter right for sure yeah,
3: yeah.
1: and then what about you what did you go to school for
3: so I went to when I was going to ASU. I went for just business management. Okay. Yeah, so okay. that was just the main thing. I just wanted to be a businessman, and mm-hmm. then it was actually I didn't know it was going to be real estate. I just that's just so where no it went. specific
1: plans when you were going to college. No, not really. Different.
3: I just I just wanted to retire by thirty-five. Yeah, How, <laughs> too land, late. <laughs> how'd you land that uh, DJ job? Yeah, I'm super yeah. interested to hear about. Oh, that. yeah. So, so when I was, uh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I was just out of high school, and somebody somebody just said, like, hey, you should get into radio. You know, I mean, everybody said, Uh hey, you got Uh a voice for radio. (laughs) (laughs) They used to tell me I had a face for radio, which was (laughs) a little different. But but, uh, so so, uh, I just kind of happened to get lucky to where I knew the people that were putting on the Gilbert Days parade. Uh And I said, hey, you know, is there any way I could, like, announce it or something like that? And they said, well, yeah, kind of. So they put me next to some announcers that I would, I would help spot the floats coming down the thing. Yeah, And so they worked for, one of them worked for KNIX, one of them worked for KCWW, which was on the AM dial and and they just uh you know we enjoyed working together they got me a job in promotions and so i worked a job in promotions you know handing out t-shirts and driving tiny you remember tiny the big knix truck of course you don't Oh, <laughs> with but the horns on the front really,
0: my mom was really big into K-N-I-X <laughs> okay, in the k okay so yeah i know yeah, there you go so so i
3: drove you know the big fun van around and i drove tiny around and handed out t-shirts and set up the remote broadcasts and stuff like that and of course you know i wanted to be on the air and um, it was one of those things where I asked um, the program director at the time, I was like, how do I get on the air? Like, how do I do this? And he yeah. said, well, what you do is you go into a small market and you work for 10 years and then you give me a call and then you get on KNIX, mm-hmm. you know, because that's kind of how it's supposed to work. Because Everybody on KNIX had been in the industry for years. Yeah. And so, um, but, uh, but so finally I convinced him to let me try out overnight for like two hours at like from two o'clock to four o'clock in the morning, just practicing just yeah. trying it out and so he let me do it and then and then they're like oh it's not so bad well why don't we give you a you know a Saturday from you know right after the country countdown at from 10 to midnight you can do that show, huh. you know and so then I started just doing that so it started out in production of the of the countdown show and then it went on to on air uh-huh. and then it just kind of just snowballed from there where it was it just turned out to one day I went in there to see if there's anything else I can do. And he had the program director, his name is George King. He, sh- he put down the phone and he looked up and he said, Hey, you want the seven to midnight spot? Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and it was because, you know, some things were changing around. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the midday person was going somewhere else. So they put the evening person in the midday. And I happened to be at the right place at the right time and doing a decent job. And so they, they gave me the 7 to midnight job and that's sweet. It was awesome. It yeah. sounds
0: like the whole job like you were kind of there right place right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was totally yeah. It's out. you
3: know, I mean that's that's what I mean, so many people say the key to success is is just showing up or at least a big percentage of mm-hmm. it. So many people don't submit the application, don't make the phone call don't ask the questions don't do the you know do the the research on how to get whatever it is they want right and but there's always a few people who will and those are the people who get it and everybody else just goes i wonder how that works i wonder how you do that (laughs) and it's really just showing up yeah and you show up and you show up and you show up and and after a while people are going to be like okay fine yeah fine you can do it because i don't have anybody else yeah (laughs) So did you love doing that? Did you love being in the whole radio? Yeah, scene? it was all right. You know, I mean, at first it's amazing, but after a while, um, you know, it's it's interesting because it, you are on the radio and you're you know you're doing personal appearances and stuff like that, but it's it's a job. Yeah. And, you know, for five hours every night, I was playing the same songs over and over. And, <laughs> you know, and, and I love them. Trust me, I love them. But talking to the same groupies every night on the phone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every night, the same ones. <laughs> I mean, they, I, you know, after 20 years later, I still have some of them messaging me on on, oh, on Facebook. Gosh. And, you know, they're great. I love them, you know. Oh, yeah. But but it's it's like the same thing every single night, you know, just... And so so anyway and, and, and so I was kind of getting tired of that at the okay. same time that I was that I was deciding to you know, I was really kind of getting religion in my life, right. you know, and, right. and decided to go on a mission and so and so that's kinda of how that all came to came then, to an end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
1: after so you were done with <clears throat> Any sort of radio stuff once you got? Yeah, back. when I got home, I
3: did. I was on Mix 96.9 okay. um, and KNIX. Actually, interestingly, sometimes I was on at the same time. Uh huh. <laughs> oh wow. Because of because voice tracking had yeah. become this big thing while I was oh, gone, oh. and so I came home and I'd record on one station oh. and then drive over to the other station and work on that one. And huh. I was Cooper on one, and I was Andy Cooper on the other, and nobody ever put it together because the oh, music wow. genres are so <laughs> different. Because he <laughs> yeah. could like change his
2: voice for like, yeah, country yeah. versus pop radio. Or...
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's more yeah. So. Uh, it was kind of fun but uh, but I was really just doing that while I was finishing up uh, my bachelor's degree at ASU okay and then once I you know I knew that at that time I needed to get serious because radio is one of those jobs where it's it's it doesn't pay a ton and I mean if you got a morning show and it's nationally syndicated obviously it pays a lot mm-hmm. but if yeah. you're just like the seven to midnight guy you know you're not making a lot of money right and um, and and, and so, you kind of and it's one of those jobs that if your ratings are down or if management changes it's really easy to get fired so they move around a lot to from radio station to radio station they're always moving and so you know it was that time that you know I'd also met my wife and it was like time to like get a real job yeah and so yeah. that's when I got into commercial real estate was okay trying so was it was an
1: easy transition then to go from radio over to, to real estate you're
3: kind of ready
0: to for something
3: yeah now? yeah yeah I would say so okay yeah
0: cool. why'd you start in commercial real estate
3: so I started in commercial real estate because it just—I um, really liked the idea of just bigger buildings and bigger stuff, and I wanted to build bigger buildings. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's funny because I haven't gone in that direction at all. To where I, you know I'm not a developer or anything like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that was the goal in the beginning. Is I wanted to own like big buildings, like even skyscrapers and things like that. You know, that was okay. like the dream in the very beginning. And so I thought, yeah, commercial real estate's the way to go. I'd always heard, you know, that there was a lot of more, a lot, a lot more money in it, you know. And and uh, my dad was the town manager of Gilbert the whole time I was growing up, and so he knew a lot of commercial developers and was able to get me interviews and things like that at mm-hmm. some of the bigger um, commercial real estate houses and stuff. So ended up going that way kind of chasing the money I think Uh uh-huh yeah
1: so it was more of a money
3: thing you didn't necessarily enjoy it as much no I liked it I liked it Um, I also one thing I guess that I didn't say is is one thing I liked about commercial over residential was was how it's more based on numbers rather than emotions because sometimes (laughs) you know you go into a house with a couple and it's like the perfect house it's everything (laughs) it meets you know it checks all the boxes and you walk in and, and you know one of them just says I just, I just don't feel it. It just doesn't feel right, (laughs) you know? And you're like, no, this is the house. After 90 houses, (laughs) this is the house, you know? And it's like, no, it just doesn't feel good. And you're just like, no, but you know, like, with commercial real estate, it was no like. No one says about an industrial warehouse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, you know, or in retail, it's like, here's the traffic counts. You got 50,000 cars going by here every single day. Here's your monument sign. You've yeah. got this co tenancy. You've got this much parking. You've got this great yeah. rent. Like, this is the deal. You're going to succeed. You're going to make money. And it doesn't matter if they feel bad about it or good about it, they're going to make money. So that, yeah. you know, so, so that was part of the draw to it, was not having to deal with emotions so much.
1: Makes sense. So had you started valuation then before Jenna kind of came into the picture?
3: Yeah, yeah, so so just barely though. You know, okay. we had just so so to give you an idea of how valuation started it was it was not too long. So I I after so okay. So yeah, so the reason the reason why I'm like I'm like stalling here is because because there's a bunch of little things in between. Because when I was in commercial real estate, I also ended up buying um, with my brother and my dad some franchises uh-huh. of some of the clients that, that we were representing. Oh, really? We bought you know a couple of locations for the joint, the chiropractic place. Oh, yeah. We yeah. bought this medical weight loss place, and so we were doing that, and and then and then I got into voiceover because I missed the radio stuff. I missed being uh, on the mic so okay, By the way, this is my uh, this is the best moment of my day right now, I'm talking <laughs> into in the microphone. He's right <laughs> <out of> here. <laughs> but so I kind of missed that kind of stuff and so I built a little studio in my house and I started doing voiceovers and yeah. so and then we sold those businesses, got into voiceover full time. I've done probably fifteen sixteen hundred 1600 commercials in the last like 5 years. Really? Yeah, and oh, so that's sweet. So so I was doing that, had no plans to get back into real estate at uh, all. Okay. But then my wife and I decided to move. Yeah, And when we decided to move, I, I was faced with the same problem, the same question that people are every time they move. And they say, and so we looked at our house and how much it was going to cost to mm-hmm. sell our house. And I realized that I was going to pay an agent that represented me, just the one representing me, $15,000 to sell my house. Because that's the quote unquote going rate yeah. is 3%. 3% uh-huh. And so $15,000 to sell my house. I was like, I'm not going to pay somebody 15 grand to send emails back and forth for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Like, no way. I have a real estate license. And although that wasn't my forte, I was a commercial guy. Yeah. Like commercial transactions are much more complicated. I was like, yeah, no, I can totally do this. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I went and signed up for the MLS and everything, put my house on the market. And within a day, it sold, you know, and within 30 days, it was, you know, escrow was done. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just saved so much money by doing it myself. And not everybody's set up to do it themselves. Not everybody has the background and that sort of thing. But I was like, there's a business model here. Mm -hmm. There's no way that there's $15,000 worth of value that is created in what I just did. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to create a way to do everything that we just did very inexpensively, super efficiently, and do it for a flat fee. Like a low flat fee. Not $15,000, but $3,000. Yeah. And the reason that and the reason why flat is important is because that house that that we sold was you know around five hundred thousand dollars or something like that mm-hmm. but it was the same as selling a three thousand dollar right yeah it's not punishing someone for yeah having a bigger home seven thousand you know seven hundred thousand dollar house nine hundred thousand dollar house it's the same transaction yeah maybe it's a little bit harder to market the more expensive homes but really it's almost exactly the same amount of work yeah. so what's the point of doing it on a scale a percentage scale and so and so that's where that's where it was all just like okay you know what I had no plans on getting into residential real estate but I have to yeah it's like it's now I'm on a mission now uh-huh. I'm on a mission to change the industry I'm on a mission to to make to make it easy for everybody else to sell their house for way less money so that they can keep their equity uh-huh. you know so I'm not the one making their payments for years at a time yeah you know they're the ones making their payments let them keep the equity right and so because it's a vol- because you know, three thousand bucks is still a lot of money. If you do it at volume, we still we still do okay. So we yeah. do okay. The the sellers do okay. You know, everybody's doing okay. Uh-huh. It's just not there's not as much fat We're cutting right. that out. Yeah. So I was gonna ask that. So even though you're
1: you're selling for less or you're you're making less on each transaction, mm-hmm. are you getting enough volume and enough
3: deals because of your price that you're able to you know make this meet? Yeah. It yeah. Totally. Totally. And and that's the great thing. I mean, imagine so the the normal situation for real estate agents is you do like maybe you know a deal a month or something Mm -hmm. like that and so and that's you know that's a successful agent right yeah so they're doing like a deal a month they make let's say they make 10 or 12 or 15 grand on that deal and then they and then they split a big chunk of it you know with their you know with their broker or whatever but so that's that's kind of one model but what if you could do Four or five deals in that month because it's not like there's not enough time to do four or five deals in a month they don't take that much time especially if you're doing it efficiently and so instead of doing one deal a month let's do three or four or five or six deals a month make the same or more money Mm -hmm. and it's a little bit more work yeah but you're saving these people so much more money right and the fact that you're saving them so much more money word gets out yeah. and then you don't have to pay as much for marketing for sure. like people come to you because yeah. they're like oh my gosh that's a deal yeah. yeah so that's a marketing technique then on your side of yeah
2: things, right? so it made my it made it super appealing for me to jump on board because I was like marketing can be very easy if you're selling a product you believe in for and sure. a product that's worth selling right then your job's pretty much taken care of. It's just a matter of putting a bow on it, right? And putting it out there. (laughs) And I see this model and I'm like, this is brilliant. And I'd been a participant, you know, Uh I I was a client. My husband and I bought and sold a home with Andy and we saved so much that we were like, this makes sense. You know, everyone should be doing it this way. Um, And so so that made my job very appealing. (laughs) And also just... The, the brand. Like he'd already kind of established a brand for the company. It was very fun. It was fresh. It was like right up my alley. So I was like, I'm not going to have to pretend or like put on a you know special hat to do this job. I can just kind of like be myself. Like the tone is really conversational and mm-hmm. it's going to be really easy to market this already great business model with yeah. this great brand and uh, we'll just take it to the next level
3: she did too she 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 beautified it
1: in what way can you kind of explain like what you did to kind of elevate the the brand and yeah the
2: so so I, I kind of walked into you know a platform already existing for for different socials so we had a facebook page we had an instagram and a twitter um and we have a linkedin and it was kind of like okay in my experience branding is all about um what do you want to say about your company through a visual medium, really. I mean, especially on social media, people are going to look, right? And so um, it's all about what kind of persona your brand has. And so I kind of went in and decided. Well, he kind of decided already. There was a logo established. There were colors, and so it was like, this is kind of what I'm going for. And and here you go. Like, see what you can do. Uh-huh. <laughs> and at first, there were like some risks that I had to like take and see how it would go. And then it was. She
3: like, used yeah. pink very early. That was a big risk. <laughs> so so Andy Andy tells
2: me one day he's like, I uploaded some new logos, and some of them have pink in them, and I was like really <laughs> and then i just kind of like went she crazy so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pink is so great on social media it just like pops out and people get yeah. really excited because a couple about it. Of years
3: ago and it's still kind of in but a couple of years ago gradients were the thing right yeah. oh, in, yeah. in graphic yeah. design yeah. you know like you know instagram went with a gradient logo everybody was doing these rainbow gradients and so yeah. i did a valuation logo that was rainbow gradients <laughs> that yes. that just like opened up a new world for Jenna. It did. so <laughs> so
2: now if you look at our if you look at our platforms there's some usage of the pink it's more of like a tertiary color okay. not even secondary but our our valuation blue you know that made sense to me blue communicates a certain um persona about a brand that it's trustworthy uh-huh. and that was kind of our thing was like people do ask like well, what, what's the catch? You know, yeah, you're yeah. selling a home for $3,000, what's the catch? We want them to know that they can trust us. And so our brand is all about that. It's about, we're your friend. Um, we want to help you find your dream home. We want to help you save tons when you're selling. And we also do offer um, a rebate for buyers. So we, we help save money oh, on really? both ends. Yeah. Wow. And so, um, so yeah, so I kind of, that's kind of my, that's like the base. Whenever I'm about to design something or, or write copy for a ca- like a caption or whatever, it's, it's okay, what's the bottom line? What does the client want to know? They yeah. want to know how they're saving money and how we're doing it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so another thing that's kind of cool that we offer for our, our clients is that I will market their, their listing for them. So... Of course, it goes on the MLS where everyone can see it, yeah. but we also put it on all of our social channels. Okay, so you
1: market on social media. Yeah, awesome.
2: and you know when somebody lists their home, they often want to share it with their neighbors and friends, yeah, just totally. in case they have a buyer that they might know. Uh-huh. Um, and they want to be able to do that, but they often don't know where to start. They don't know how to get the pictures from the listing, you know, onto their phone or whatever. Yeah. And they're confused and they don't know what to say. And we just do it all for them, and uh-huh. then they can share it and they can say, "Hey, look at my house. You know, it's being it's on the market. Come yeah. and look if yeah. you want to see it." Yeah. <laughs> so we. do we do offer that and and we take it through every step of escrow we publish publicize its listing and then when it goes under contract and then when it closes as well so yeah so they're getting a really full you know marketing package as well as the you know traditional services that are offered
1: have you
3: seen it much success with that with uh, marketing their home through social media yeah I would say so we I mean I mean it all started with my house I mean the house that I originally sold just that kind of was the, you know, the catalyst to all of this. It sold to somebody who shared, you know, I shared it online and somebody in my neighborhood shared it with their friend and they ended up buying the house. That kind of stuff happens a lot. I mean, it's the, the MLS is, and and a lot of realtors won't tell you this, but because a lot of realtors like to talk about like how their marketing is what, what really does it. But let me just be honest, like the MLS has more marketing power than anything any, any, we could spend millions marketing a house, and it wouldn't do what the MLS does uh-huh. because the MLS is exactly, you know, first it, it 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 syndicates the listing to you know Zillow and Trulia and Redfin yeah. and every other website that everybody's on, all the websites that all of the realtors use, and of course it's on the MLS wherever where the realtors are searching. So that's the biggest thing. Um, so that's that's the biggest thing but having all of these different all of these different things that we do like like uh, you know the the different social posting and the email marketing that we do what we do is we we tra- we, tra- we send all of that traffic back to and I know this sounds dumb and uh, because it's not good for our company but what is but we don't care as much about our company when it comes to selling homes in our marketing we want the seller to sell their home, right? We want our clients to sell their mm-hmm. home. So we send all that traffic to Zillow because when we send it to Zillow, Zillow sees, you know, their algorithm sees it as a hot home yeah. and then Zillow sends it out to a lot more people. Oh. So instead yeah. of sending this stuff back to our site, we send it to Zillow Huh? and and it really, and so so it's us putting it on our social, we ask everybody that we know to share it. And then, you know, and so when they get a bunch of shares, it helps push everybody to Zillow to trip yeah. that algorithm, you know, That's and of course, of course, we send out, you know, emails and, and we're doing a whole bunch of different things. We're all trying to really just get these big platforms that have way more marketing reach than oh, we do yeah. for them to do the work, huh? Uh, Yeah,
2: so that's how the social media marketing comes into play. The link that people are clicking on to look at that home is going to Zillow.
1: Helps the traffic. Yeah,
2: and it seems counterintuitive because we actually have all of our homes listed on our website. They Uh can see what our listings are. They can even look at the MLS. But that doesn't help our bottom line, which is to get that home sold for sure. So So the main
0: goal was that to help your customer. Then yep. Okay.
3: Yep. Absolutely. Always, you know. I mean, happy customers bring more customers, and and so although yeah we could use the stuff for marketing we would rather you know and that's another thing too is a lot of a lot of real estate agents spend a lot of money marketing themselves around neighborhoods where we yeah. would rather market the homes around the neighborhoods because that kind of stuff ends up paying off in multiple ways
1: mm-hmm. so tell me about I guess the different roles that the two of you hold within the businesses like marketing and, and sales or what do you, how do you guys differentiate your roles
3: yeah that's a good question so so I am you know as any you know small business owner or entrepreneur like I wear a lot of hats you know and so my day is we do have we do have other Realtors um, who uh, you know who work at value nation Um, and so but it's so hard because so many of the contacts that come in are personal friends of mine and things like that and so a lot of times it's hard to 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 just kind of push them off onto other Realtors Uh that, that work for us Um, but but one of my main goals throughout every single day is to do as little as possible on the real estate transactions so that I can work on the business as much as possible it's really you know that's the hardest thing It's you know it's one of the kind of main issues that almost all entrepreneurs have is it's like founder syndrome you know where where we can't step away you know Mm -hmm. we we have to touch every little piece of it and so that's one of the one of the big goals I have every day is like do less do less real estate even though that's my thing and I love it you know is do less of it but you know so you know helping a little bit with marketing of course doing real estate deals takes up most of my day but then the thing that is the probably the most intriguing to me and the thing that I that I work on maybe second most throughout the day is processes process engineering you know because that's how you get efficient that's how we're able to offer such low fees because we're so efficient And the only way we can be so efficient is by always working on the processes Mm -hmm. and always making sure that that when this certain thing and this transaction happens, that sets off this. And then that person already knows, you know, our transaction co- coordinator already knows that she needs to be doing that. Mm-hmm.
2: I get emails saying, like, what well, my next step is, you know, it's, we do communicate very efficiently. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's a process to learn how to do it best. And we use project management software to do that, to facilitate that. and. Um, but it, it does. The process makes the job, the, the little things are just they're just taken care of and For then sure. you yeah. can focus more on the big picture on how to grow the company and how to yeah. you know yeah. improve get better yeah so yeah so.
3: yeah so to answer the question I would say my number one thing throughout the day is real estate then it's working on processes and then it's working on sales you know just you know listing meetings yeah. and stuff like that so yeah. that's that's pretty much my main job I'd say
2: Yeah, so I manage all of the marketing Mm -hmm. um, under Andy's direction. So we collaborate often, we meet together, we talk about strategy, um, talk about projects coming up, things that we, people we need to meet with, connections that we need to make. Um, And then my day-to-day is, there's always something to put on social. So that's kind of like just programmed into my day. There's Uh always something to share. You've gotta be consistent with that. That's how you get the algorithms to work in your favor. (laughs) So I'm doing a lot of graphic design. just social engagement. I'm, you know, I'm going around liking people's stuff and yeah, commenting yeah. and follows, unfollows, all that stuff. Um, and that's just baseline day to day. There's also like, there's email campaigns that I work on. Um, we have a website, so I do some of the maintenance of that. Uploading mm-hmm. new testimonials so that there's always fresh reviews for people to look at. Um, and just, you know, anything kind of has to do with marketing. Sometimes Andy will be like, hey, can you put together a video or <laughs> send me stuff and be like, do something with this you know it doesn't matter really what it is or or we'll have an open house and so I'll make like a flyer for it so I'm kind of just on hand to do all of that stuff but as we were talking about you know I want to be able to do less as well (laughs) so we're growing you know Uh and we're talking we need to hire someone to do this little stuff so that I can focus on bigger things and be more his right hand girl you know instead of you know, uh, trying to figure out how to do all that stuff. So we're kind of getting to that point, you know, where we're like outgrowing our, our space, and we're like, we awesome. got to f- figure out how to expand. Yeah, it's a yeah. Good problem
3: to have. Right? It is a good yeah. problem to have. <laughs> but I will tell you one thing: her, and her uh, the biggest goal that I've had for her for the last six months, I said, get us on Local Hustlers podcast. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's what we want. That's there what's going to do it for us, right there. And you guys She are about to explode. Made it, explore, she made so. it happen. <laughs> get ready for all this. The, is, this is the point. Well, no,
2: I mean, I, I learned of your podcast and I was like, we totally fit this. Like, yeah. we need to be on this show. It's such right a cool know?
3: idea. This is yeah. a great podcast. We yeah. are yeah. local and
2: we're cool. We have a business <laughs> yeah. model that's different, you know? Yeah, we're not, sure not just any about. old real estate
1: agency.
2: Okay, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs>
1: awesome. so question on marketing. Um, mm-hmm. Do you post different content on different uh, social media platforms, or is it usually kind of the same thing on each each platform? It's
2: usually kind of the same. I find that the audiences don't overlap a whole lot, okay. especially ours. With
1: with really, yeah. yeah. But
2: when it comes to Instagram, there's an aesthetic there, yeah. right? You log in, yeah. you look at somebody's feed, you see this these beautiful, you know, pictures, and they're sometimes they're like color coordinated. Mm-hmm. I've seen some where they have their pictures almost like a gradient, where as you scroll, yeah. like it changes color. Um, some people will do like a collage within the, the feed grid. You know, it's really cool. And so I don't always share what I share on Facebook necessarily to Instagram, Instagram or vice versa. And there are different optimized you know content types yeah. for different social platforms, but there is a lot of overlap and it just, you know, it makes sense. We mm-hmm. want our message to get out and if our audiences don't overlap, we want everyone to see what we're, what yeah. we're saying. Yeah. So yeah.
3: And sometimes we'll use some of that social media content and email marketing too, you know, or drip campaigns or, mm-hmm. or just one-off emails. But a lot of times email, you know, lends itself to a totally different, you know, Different voice, you know, like where, Mm -hmm. like, for instance, with the whole COVID thing, we haven't been talking very much about it on social, but it is a good, you know, email is a great place to really give market updates and be like, okay, here's, you know, here's what we're seeing every single day, you know, day in, day out. This is how many sales we're having compared to this is how many sales we were having a month ago, you know. So it's like, it's much easier to do that sort of stuff on email than it is, you know, elsewhere why what
0: makes something more marketable on email versus on social
3: I think I think it's really you know social is people are just flicking you know they're just they look at something and boom it's gone yeah. they look at something it's gone so it's got a pop no attention span. Yeah, yeah 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 exactly it's I mean we all know how we do it we're just looking and we see something pretty we stop we read it and we hope that it it's short enough and poppy enough to make some sort yeah. of a pre- impression, you know, we're not going to grab their attention. They're not going to read this, you know, this this soliloquy of anything. They're just yeah. going to look at it and keep on moving. And hopefully we make an impression with email. If somebody opens it and you've got their attention, you know, they might sit there and, and actually read a market update on what's right. going on with COVID huh. um, or or, you know, here are six steps to know that you're ready to buy a house, yeah. you know, so. You know, like kind of your, your normal blog content. A lot of our blog content we'll put oh, in an email. email. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. you know, just like these little, you know, these little lists of tips and stuff like that that you could make into an infographic to make a decent piece of of Instagram content. But, right. but for like the, the good version of it, you'd put it on email
2: yeah and it does depend on the audience too people who are checking their emails regularly and actually opening them are going to be the type of people who are going to want something kind of meaty but the people who are on social media need something quick something that's fast food you know so so that's kind of what we we do have to alter the voice a little bit you know for the type of content for for the audience and we do yeah we definitely do that
1: yeah that's cool to hear because a lot of people say that email marketing is kind of dead and oversaturated but it just kind of depends on how you're portraying it and just Making sure it's different than what you're putting on social media. Yeah, and it's
2: all in the it's all in the um, subject line. You know, uh-huh. if yeah. they see how's the market, you know, has COVID affected real estate, well, they're gonna be like, I want is it? Like, <laughs> should I know yeah, this? You yeah, know, yeah. oh, maybe I should listen to the expert and see what you know they say. Know, and
3: also email people, and not that there's. I mean, there's definitely a lot of overlap in people yeah. who use Instagram and people who email. But there are people who are email people and I'm thinking like the older generation yeah, right. and they don't go on social media, yeah, you know? Right. And so the email is their thing. And so we reach, you know, and, and interestingly, this is, this is something that, that surprised me when we first started this business, I thought who's going to be our target customer. Oh, it's going to be millennials. It's going to be the smart, savvy young people yeah. who want it the new way and <laughs> want, don't want to do what their parents did, that sort of thing. <laughs> Turns out millennials are scared. You know, it turns out millennials are like, wait a yeah. second, I don't know how to buy a house. Uh-huh. I'm not going to do this new, new fangled you know, way of doing catch? it. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What's the catch? Like, I'll just do what my dad did or I'm yeah. going to go with my sister-in-law who I know is a realtor and she'll take care of me. And so what, what we found is that most of our customers are the people who've sold, you know, one, two, three houses throughout their life already and realize the value that they were getting for their fifteen thousand uh-huh. dollars in commission was huh, a lot yeah, lower okay. than than they thought it was you that's know and so yeah. and so they're yeah. like okay well these these guys are just gonna you know market my house put on the mls you know do a few things and send some emails around for a couple months i don't want to pay anybody that much for yeah. it you know you can imagine these older guys saying that and that's and so it turns out and so those are you know the people that are reading emails and, right. and stuff like that
0: yeah. Huh. Yeah, you just have different crowds and are like oh well, the new generation will this. well so it's like well there's still an older generation Like
2: <laughs> exactly and they still buy and sell homes so.
3: Yeah,
2: so. <laughs> so yeah yeah we, we do have we do keep that in mind that yeah, our audience our, is very wide
3: our younger our younger demographic clients they come through referrals okay and our older okay. demographic clients they they don't mind coming in the back door just they don't they just they just see a deal and they're like yeah totally I'm not gonna pay that much for yeah. that yeah <laughs>
1: so how do you get over that hurdle for people that think that they might not be getting as much since
3: they're paying less that's the you know what's funny thing is our biggest competitor I feel isn't other Realtors our biggest competitor is doubt like people just look at it and go really Uh 3,000 bucks yeah Eh, that's too good to be true we hear that a lot like really are you really gonna do what you know what everybody else does and that's the funny thing we do everything that every other realtor does and more because we, we you know we, we feel like you know we feel like we know you know for instance tech a little bit better than a lot of a lot of Realtors do and so we feel like we we can do even more than a lot can but yeah we do it for a heck of a lot less and so the question is it is a brilliant question we're still trying to figure out is how do you Convince people that it's not too good to be true. Yeah, yeah
2: the angle that I have kind of taken is mm-hmm. to, to rely a lot on Testimonials and referrals say, mm-hmm. you know, these direct the quotes proof, from people who've used us and have said This was amazing. This transaction went flawlessly. Not only does it speak to Andy's ability to execute a transaction with ease and Or Aubrey's you know, or Christie's or, yeah, or any of, any our, of any, our, any our agents, realtors. Right um but it also says look you're getting all of that you would have gotten plus more for just three thousand dollars there really is no catch and i often have to tell people that personally people will come to me and be like look i want to sell my house and i know you work for this flat fee company and like what's the catch Uh and i'm like there's no catch here's andy's email here's his cell phone text him email him right now like there's no catch i've used them and we save 13 grand, and they're like, okay, <laughs> you know, that's kind of all it takes. And so the social proof really is key. It says more than anything, you know. I can get on there and show our homes and show what we do, you know, day to day on social media. But at the end of the day, what sells them on our concept is it's worked for other people. So yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, so you know, you look at our website. We always we always put up our reviews. You know, we've we've yeah. you know every review we've ever had is five star. We put them up on the website. You know, we always ask for clients, re, you know, reviews after yeah. the transactions done, um, and you know whether it's whether it's Facebook or on Zillow or Yelp or Google or any of those any of those platforms. We always ask for reviews, and and we think that helps. Yeah, I hope it does. Referrals
2: too. Referrals definitely help. And we like to incentivize referrals. So anyone who gets us a meeting with a client, we will incentivize them with a gift card, $100 to Amazon. (laughs) We've been sending out a lot of those lately because we've had a lot of referrals and that's really how this business works. You know, the clout kind of has to speak for you. For sure. yeah. Yeah.
1: Especially when everyone knows a realtor, everyone knows.
3: That's, the yeah. That's yeah. our probably
2: second biggest nemesis is uh, oh well my, my mom's a realtor <laughs> or my so and so that I know my yeah. best friend from third grade like I have to use them sorry and we're like. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know what you know yeah. we, you know what we say to them we say all right here's here's what you do you got a sister who's a realtor you take you go you take her down to the bank and you withdraw a thousand dollars and you just hand it to her here's a thousand dollars. I'm gonna use another realtor, you know, <laughs> exactly. and then you know it's gonna confuse the heck out of her. But she's gonna be pretty happy she has a thousand dollars in her hand. <laughs> yeah. And then guess what? You still save like you nine thousand dollars. That's good. Yeah.
2: So yeah, so that's, that's so you funny. know that's really true though. You Aww. know, it's that's our our second biggest competition mm-hmm. is the. Well, I already
3: know someone. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to hurt their feelings, you For know, sure. kind of thing. So, like how bad do you not want to hurt their feelings? Ten thousand dollars <laughs> worth, yeah, right? So uh. funny.
1: Do you guys feel like this is going to become sort of a new norm with real estate in terms of just
3: offering a flat fee rather than a percentage? I think so. I don't see why it wouldn't. Uh-huh. You know, it, it and, and it's not like we're the only ones doing it. I mean, there's there's you know hundreds of millions of dollars of venture capital out there that's funding companies like this around the country um there are some big names all around that are starting to get in on this game and um and so it seems that i mean what's the alternative if if those guys and us if we keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger what's the alternative the people who are charging more they either have to charge less or they have to up their service level right um so You know, there's only so much you can do service wise to sell a house, you know, you sell the house. And so. So anyway, yeah, at some point, I think I don't know if it'll ever always be flat, but it seems like the percentages will have to come down at some point, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, I think is good for the industry and even good for realtors, because, yes, they'll have to do more work and they'll have to do more deals. But the one of the reasons why it's so hard to get deals for a lot of these realtors is because there's too many realtors out there. And why are there too many realtors out there? Because it's too easy to make money. There's, you know, all you have to do is spend a couple of weeks in a real estate class. And then all of a sudden you do two deals a year and you made an extra 20, 30 grand. Right. You know, you're making, you know, you do three deals and you're making what a teacher makes. Like that's easy. Everybody knows three people that will let them sell a house. Uh So, of course, that's why everybody's sister is a realtor and everybody's (laughs) brother's a realtor. Yeah. My dog is a realtor. (laughs) (laughs) I... I, (laughs) I had to I had to put her in the backyard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's so funny. funny. That's funny. Did you get any like backlash from other realtors or people that aren't a fan of oh, of you doing yeah, this? yeah, yeah. A little bit, not as much as I expected. Though it's
2: not like personal. It's people who see our pages you know yeah. And, yeah. and think they have like comments and stuff yeah online. they'll be like this is a scam you know and we're yeah. like come on you know
3: <laughs> <laughs> in fact that's our only bad review in all of Re- yes. in all of reviewed them is on facebook there's some realtor that i've you know obviously never met and he was in, you know he just didn't like the way we did business, so he gave us a bad review, you know. Yeah, but um,
2: that, that kept me up at night for a long time, actually. I was like, know, how can right. I get rid of this I tried review? to reason
3: with him. I was like, come on, man. Take like, it down. Yeah, he come wouldn't. on. This is our only bad review, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I think that, here's the thing. What's interesting is is realtors, I mean, there's all types, obviously, like any yeah. business. There's all types of realtors. But for the most part, they're all just good, you know, entrepreneurial type people too. And, and once we work with them, you know, most realtors have no idea what my business model is Mm -hmm. and we'll work with them and we'll complete a successful transaction and everybody's really friendly and then they figure out oh wow oh oh he's a you know he's a flat fee guy oh i guess they're not that bad after all you know because we try to be really really easy to deal with and fun to deal with and you know we come from like a professional world not you know kind of a anyway yeah Yeah. people People like dealing with us. We, we make sure of that. Yes, so they have
2: cool. their preconceived notions, but we prove them wrong and that <laughs> yeah. everyone's happy. So <laughs> the goal is to get so many clients that Andy Cooper and Value Nation are just like the best people to work yeah. with, you know, yeah. and so that's no one cool. can really say anything bad, you know, that's our goal.
0: Now, so. as like, like you said, obviously you, it's safe to say that people are going to start jumping into this more the flat fee. As more realtors do, how are you going to be able to handle like... I guess it's more competition yeah, more competition yeah
3: it's a good question so first off there is I mean there are 17,000 homes on the market right now in uh-huh. Phoenix oh, wow. right so there's a lot of room out there for a lot of people you know so right now we are a drop in the bucket compared to the amount of homes that are sold out there and so it's going to be a while before there's enough flat fee people out there to make it like shark, you know, like sharks in the water uh-huh. or blood in the water or whatever. It's it's but <clears throat> that said, we definitely do have plans for the future to to make things even cheaper, to make or I should say less expensive. That's a nicer way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we we definitely we have a lot of plans in place to to make things even more efficient, less expensive. Um, you know, I mean, I can foresee. I don't know how many years in the future it is, but I can foresee giving away the transaction and making money on other things surrounding the transaction, well, because, yeah, well, because you know, anytime you're in a, in a price game, you know, like if you're a cost leader, you know, low cost leader, then it's as they say, it's a race to the bottom, right? It's yeah. like who can lower the price? Okay, then you got to lower your price. You got to lower yeah, your price. Yeah. So the key is to plan for that now. Find ways to make it so that even if you make no money, you're still making money. And so oh. that's, you know, that's kind of that stuff that we have been thinking about since the very beginning.
1: That's super awesome. interesting.
3: Yep.
0: Um, and then I have a question about like the pricing. So is there like a limit you guys go to? Like you don't sell a house that's worth more than like 700000 or is it? we have some
2: million plus listings um, and that's the thing too is we love when those sell because they save so much great marketing Marketing. yeah Yeah. (laughs) like we just have one go under contract today that's over a million dollars and and when it's list or when it closes rather it's going to save so much money and we're going to be able to say like 20 grand or whatever it ends up being you know and and it's going to be fantastic um, for marketing plus I mean it just speaks to our brand like it doesn't matter how big your house it doesn't matter how expensive your house is yeah. you're gonna pay 3,000 flat you know
3: awesome. yeah you know what I mean it's funny because it, it does take a little bit longer to sell a higher priced house yeah, yeah. you know just the pool the buyer pool is smaller mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it takes a little longer it takes a little bit more work mm-hmm. but I'd, I'd say the payoff is that extra marketing that we can do like look how much these people say how working. much would you do with an extra? or you know how much could you do with an extra thirty thousand yeah. yeah. dollars you know yeah could yeah. you pay for a couple of years of college yeah you know yeah. could you buy a sweet ride yeah. Y- yeah you can do these types of things by selling with us you yeah. know and so that kind of marketing is worth a little bit of extra work to sell a million dollar home for sure huh. that's, that's cool. awesome yeah.
0: do you spend more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it then call flamingo pools today flamingo pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the east valley Whether it's weekly maintenance, repairs, green to cleans, or one-time cleanings, Flamingo Pools will take care of you. Honest, reliable, and innovative. Just a few of the many good things Flamingo Pools customers have to say about them. Ask them about their mineral treatment, which will keep your chemical levels down, allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480-422-6013. Mention this podcast and you'll get your first month of maintenance completely free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480-422-6013.
1: So you mentioned you have a couple other realtors kind of under your mm-hmm. umbrella evaluation. What's kind of the process of, of finding other realtors and making sure they're they fit, I guess, the mold and, and what you need. Yeah, you
3: know what? That's a good question. And, and I mean, you hit it before, you know, before in, in your question is almost the answer where it is it's finding the right people that have the right mentality, you know? And and it's not just one type of person. For instance, I'll take two, two, two agents who are like polar opposites that work for us. One is a brand new agent, you know, we sold her house. And helped her buy another house uh-huh. and she liked the experience so much that she came to work for us as an agent kind of like Jenna uh-huh. right yeah <laughs> and so this is Aubrey and she's she's amazing and and she uh, she liked the experience and she said I want to be a realtor and I'd love to work for you guys and right. so and so she became a realtor you know we helped her through school and we trained her and all that stuff and so she's brand new on the brand new end and but she's smart as a whip you know mm-hmm. everything is assimilated immediately you know, she's just super smart. And so yeah. that's, that's one end of it. And then we have, we have Christy. Now, Christy, it has been in the real estate business for 40 years. Oh, wow. She owned her own brokerage and she just dismantled her brokerage to come work for Valuation Nation because she's on the other end where she's kind of done doing everything. Right. That's the thing that we offer to realtors. It's not, it's because we don't operate like the normal brokerage where, where it's like, you know if normal realtors are generally they're the they're the accounting person they're the marketing person they're the salesperson, they're the negotiator they're the paperwork person they do everything and that's maybe maybe that's why they charge so much i Uh don't know because it is it's a lot of work right and so uh but the way we run things is we like our realtors to just do their job just be a realtor just sell the house we'll handle the marketing you know we'll handle the accounting We'll handle all the stuff, all the business running stuff. Just be the realtor and do your job. And and you know what? Past this certain time of day, there's another realtor that can handle the stuff. You're not sending 10 o'clock texts like most realtors are out there doing. Because there's always there's we we set it up so that people work in shifts and that it's like an actual lifestyle job where you can come to work. You can clock out or, you know what? You know what I mean? You can leave and and you're kind of done for the day. And so. And so what we you know what we get with that is you know we don't get the the realtors who want to you know come in and be their own boss and make 200 grand a year that sort of realtor we get the people who are more like normal customer service oriented people who who just want to make an honest wage and give great customer service and be knowledgeable about the transaction and that's and and you know and of course those are the people that are drinking the Drinking the Valuation Kool Aid, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: and it and it benefits our clients too because yeah. it really truly is full service real estate. There's always an agent who can take that transaction and pick up where the other agent left but, off at any time, and there's somebody doing their marketing for them, and there's someone you know handling their transactions, uh-huh. and so they really they really are getting the full experience. Yeah. Whereas if one person's doing all of that, things fall through the cracks.
1: For sure. Yeah. I'm sure they're they're just able to focus on the job and they're not having to deal with all the back end stuff too, right? Exactly. Like accounting and all that Yeah, and they don't
2: have to do my job for me. Yeah. But normally an agent would have to run on right. an Instagram and try to like promote themselves and hire a photographer to take their pictures, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like who has the time, right? You uh-huh. know? So it's this works so much better for everybody.
1: For sure. I'm curious, does it does it cause any like communication errors since you have different agents working on the same property different times
3: yeah you know I mean just as much as it would and it's in, like any company you know it's you know it's, it's one of those things where I mean it's not to an abnormal amount like yeah. sometimes one person will send an email, you know a client will send an email and then somebody will respond to it and then the other person will respond to it too accidentally because uh-huh. they, <laughs> they didn't see it's just that kind of normal stuff right. so anytime you get multiple people involved in a transaction because we'll have a couple of Realtors involved we'll have a transaction coordinator involved and so there's, we always, we like to really kind of double and triple team transactions so that people get the very best service possible. And so, and so every once in a while, yeah, you'll get a, you'll get somebody who, you know, we over respond, but we never under respond.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, so, this is a good problem. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Yeah, uh, good problem and there. it's, and it's, you know, it's a pro like Andrew's saying processes, you know, yeah, and yeah. it's a new process that we, we, every time we add someone new, they have to, you know, learn it and figure it out and it takes a little bit of time. and patient we just you know understand we're all human and it but it works out better in the end just because there's all hands are on deck you know yeah
1: Yeah. okay you mentioned process a couple times so I kind of wanted to touch on that do you have any tips or ideas for like an entrepreneur who's either starting a business or hiring employees how do you figure out you know the best most efficient processes
3: for your business that's a good question so one so one thing that my why so the, the good news is i have a wife who is also an entrepreneur and she owns uh you know she and a couple other guys own this big medical kind of uh accounts receivable debt collections you know revenue cycle management huh. Huh. company and so and she's you know and she they've owned it for you know 10 12 years something yeah. like that and so and it's grown it's huge and and so one so i get to bounce my stuff off of her you know and one of the things that she always says is write everything down, everything that you do throughout the day. I know it seems tedious and it's something that you do. And of course everybody, you know, it's obvious, write it down. And, and that's how it becomes a process because once you write it down, then you realize if it's good or not, if it's something that's efficient or not, then it's transferable. And then when you give it to somebody else to do that same thing, then they look at it and they go, no, that doesn't make sense. And so you either have to write it better or you have to come up with a better process mm-hmm. so that they understand it. And then <clears throat> once you have a team of people working on processes like that, yeah. then they just get better and better because you have, you have multiple inputs. You know, we have, you know, just today, you know, I have a transaction coordinator who's, who's pretty new and she called me and said, well, why don't we do this step of the transaction like this? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally right. You know, that's the yeah. way to do it. It makes way more sense. Yeah. And you know, <clears throat> the reason I think why she was able to look at the process differently was because she is new and she hasn't done it 100 times. You know, whereas I've done it this way, this is how we do it. You know? yeah. And yeah. So, it's, it's, so I guess the answer you know, that I would say is, is writing things down and then sharing them with people and then letting those people beat up your processes until it molds into something that works for, yeah. for everybody.
1: So it takes humility too not being like oh like i know what i'm doing this is my business i am oh. the humblest person this. ever
2: <laughs> no absolutely you have to be able to say i don't know how
3: to yeah. do this yeah, and yeah. that's
2: how you get better if you nobody's just... more humble than me oh, no. <laughs> Wait,
3: just be quiet so i can talk about how humble okay, i am Andy, i wasn't done yet. take it away
2: <laughs> but seriously though i mean yeah that's the secret to successful entrepreneurship is just Being willing to say, like, I have this idea, but I really don't know what to do, and getting the right. surrounding yourself with people that make you look great, you know? Don't be so arrogant that you think you are the star of the show. Your business is the star. What do you want to do to make it great? Surround yourself with great people. You will make a great product.
1: That's awesome. That's good. Um, Jenna, touching on the social media thing one more time, what what would your advice be for an entrepreneur, a business owner? Um, they're trying to market their business. Do you have any like tips or tricks in terms of?
2: Totally. Of getting it out there? So the first thing you need to do is you need to follow the accounts that you want to be like, and you need to copy them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the best marketers, it's the fun. best of anything really, are great imitators. If you want to be uh-huh. great, you need to find someone that you admire and do what they do. And then, and there's there's no secret, you know, like you like it, you do it, and then you do it better and and then you you network. You also want to network. You want to connect yourself to other people. It seems counterintuitive like, oh, I don't want to, you know, play with the enemy, but actually right. you do. You want you they're not your enemy. They're your friend. You want to network, you want to associate, build those connections. That's uh-huh. how social media works. It's all about networking. So, don't be afraid to follow somebody like who has the same business model as you. That's okay. Yeah. Like you can learn from each other and you know like you said there's other ways to compete you know (laughs) social media is not one of them (laughs) don't fight on social media yeah
3: that's brilliant though i mean because if you think about that's any art form right like if you want if you want to have a great podcast listen to the best podcast and try to do exactly what they can what they do you're not going to be able to do it as well as they do but (laughs) that's okay you're going to do it your own way and then it's you know the more you emulate the more you you know whether it's artwork or music you know you just You find your favorite musician and you try to do exactly what they do once you're good once you're really good and you've got like the the technical chops then you can really just kind of do it your way but at first do it like the masters do Mm -hmm. and then and then once you're good enough to 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 know the rules then you can break them. absolutely yeah well,
0: people fall in love with different people so if you capture people's attention that like you then yeah Yeah. take that ride right, the, so.
2: they will come to you be yeah. authentic but if you don't know where to start start by emulating the people you admire the most you know and so I follow a lot of accounts that just look stunning because they speak to me they inspire me they give me ideas and it ultimately makes my game better
1: yeah that's cool any uh, any mentors for either of you books or podcasts or people you guys have looked up to that have kind of helped you in the business world
3: jeez I'm I'm like a kind of a podcast connoisseur and uh-huh. book connoisseur I don't know it's tough it's I don't know I just I eat it all up yeah it's hard to even yeah I should I should have thought about that before we got <laughs> well, here well you, you, you always talk about How I Built This
2: that's like your oh I do love okay. How I Built yeah. This
3: that's it's one. such yeah. a good podcast I yeah. love that
2: one too it
3: is a good one. Yeah. Um, I like Tim Ferriss, like everybody yes, else. You know. going to say, yeah, great. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, I just, I, you know, I kind of just try to consume a lot of media and, and um, you know, to get inspired. But I really love uh, Allison uh, Faulkner Robinson. She's uh, The Allison Show. And she's yeah. all about branding and just being so authentic to your brand. And I think it's just so cool. So she's probably my, like, social media idol. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: Um, And then I I forgot to ask this earlier, but just with real estate in general, I guess How would you get over the hurdle of someone who's wondering why should I use a real estate agent in the first place? Like why why not just sell the house by yourself?
3: That's a good question. So uh, You know First off, I would just say go for it because that's who I am, right? That's how I got into this business was by doing it myself and going wait a second. Wow that wasn't that bad, Hmm. you know, and so so I respect that type of person, the do-it-yourself, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of like, I, I love it. So it's like if you, if you think you've got the time and the energy and, and you want to put it up on Zillow and you're going to take the pictures and you're going to do it all, cool. That's awesome. So the, 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 I would say the two main reasons that you, want to just, that you want to use a real estate agent in general, one would be the power of the MLS. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, the power of the MLS, there's no amount of marketing money that you can put into it that's going to do what the MLS does for you. And it, that's a little unfortunate because, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like it's like a, a monopoly and I wish there weren't just one place to go to, yeah. you know, to, to find real estate. But that's yeah. how it is in Arizona. So, so there's that. So the power of, of the Internet. And then the other thing is when you do get a contract, when you do get there's, there's hundreds or thousands or something, you know, some large number of pitfalls during the transaction that you can fall into if you don't know how to do the transaction because, you know, I mean, our standard kind of boilerplate Arizona contract is about nine pages of legalese, you know, it's all very, you know, and it's, you know, really small type too. Yeah. And so there's just, there's so much in there that protects the buyer, that protects the seller, all these things that have been thought of and baked into that contract over the decades that it's been, you know, formulated. Yeah. And so. It's just having somebody that can walk you through that whole process. Um, it's it's definitely worth it. It's especially if you're only especially paying three thousand yeah, dollars, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so so first response is cool. More power to you. Go sell that house. But if you can't, we're your next best thing for sure.
0: Sweet. And then you talked about a broker earlier. What's the difference between a broker and a realtor, just for someone who? Oh, yeah, might good know.
3: question. So so a broker um, a broker is so what you see out there, most, most real estate companies, you know, whether it's Keller Williams or Century 21 or whatever it is, or Gentry real estate, there's always, that's called a brokerage. And it usually houses a whole bunch of agents. Mm -hmm. And so, and so if you have, um, and then inside that brokerage, there's a designated broker, Uh you know? And so, so that's, so the, the kind of the, the simplest way to say it is a broker, is kind of the head of the shop, and then there's a whole bunch of agents within the shop. Mm-hmm. But it, you can get more confusing with it if you want, because you can have what they call associated brokers that are within the shop that really just act as regular agents, but they've been in the business long enough and taken the tests and the classes to become a broker. Okay. But, but really, um, the way you usually talk about it, if you're in the business, you'd say, my broker requires this, right. and you're always talking about <clears throat> your designated broker. Okay, sweet. Hmm. yeah and then to confuse things more right. if you're in commercial real estate they all refer and this was me too they all refer to themselves as brokers right, no matter yeah. what you would right. almost never say I'm a real a commercial real estate yeah. agent you almost always say I'm a commercial real estate broker okay. I think it just makes you feel cool yeah <laughs> so they technically
1: are agents then yeah for, for or they, they could have you know if they've if, been in the business three years yeah. and taken
3: the test and all that okay. kind of stuff then they could be associate brokers Uh, Um, but most commercial real estate guys are just you know agents but call themselves brokers because they're agents of their brokerage so I mean there's you kind of are in technical like legal jargon sweet cool yeah (laughs) Okay. Well, uh,
1: before we get wrapping up here, uh, we have a quick game we want to play with you guys. Okay. Nice. Yay. Um, <laughs> I'm
2: nervous now. Scared <laughs> yeah. Yeah. of nervous to talk, talk about my donkey business. Donkey.
1: So <laughs> the way that it goes is kay. you guys have 60 seconds to answer as many questions as possible. Okay. Um, There's just gonna be quick fire, quick fire, so just like one answer questions, or yeah, one word answer. Sorry. Are okay. we tag teaming uh, in this? Yeah. So like okay. we just go back and forth, and you guys just go back and forth on the answer. Okay. No. You'll answer one question. You answer the next okay. question. Oh boy. Um, so yeah, like I said, you have <clears> 60 seconds. All right we'll uh we'll get started in three who's first uh you you go first okay three two one
0: superpower you could have
3: invisibility
0: um favorite junk food
2: uh doritos uh
0: music you turn on when nobody's around (laughs)
3: npr
1: (laughs) if you were stuck on an island what would you bring
2: uh water
1: (laughs) favorite quote to be or not to be is the only one that comes to mind. <laughs> uh, if you could have dinner with anyone in time, who would it be?
2: Oh, that's such a hard one. Um, the Backstreet Boys.
1: <laughs> oh, what's your What's your spirit animal? Oh,
3: a dog. Yeah. Nice. Uh, TV show you could binge watch?
2: Oh, Mad Men.
3: Um, best business book you've read? Oh, see, you're getting me with that one again. Um. <clears throat> uh, Recently, one I've been liking is that kind of from a competitor. I wish he was, I could c- call him a competitor, but uh, it's called The One Thing. I just read it recently. It's by the guy who started Keller Williams, and it's, it's great. Okay.
1: So, if you could swim in any liquid, what would it be?
2: Um, gold.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, there we go. <laughs>
0: I totally ruined it by,
1: by giving this big right, long answer you, you guys were you guys were on yeah, a roll there <laughs> know, and then That's I was nice. like well let me that was
3: good let me yeah. pontificate for a moment <laughs> <And then laughs> my... i just
1: like gives a big explanation on one it's like come on you're missing yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: that was good how though. we stack up though you did pretty okay. good
1: it's out almost out like I, I out forgot out the rules we did it <laughs> out of yeah you guys <laughs> are we're in the process of putting together like a rankings from top five so we'll we'll see how you guys did once we publish but uh Okay, um, hey guys, this has been super fun. Yeah, I know, great. I know, real estate kind of seems like super boring to people when they just hear that word; it's just kind of a turnoff. I know it has been for Is it? Oh, <laughs> I thought it was sexy. No, we're just uh, super nerdy. <laughs> I think it's it's actually super interesting, and just I think this this uh, interview has proven how interesting it can be, and the people behind it can be. So, um, thanks for kind of sharing your stories, sharing uh, what you guys do, especially with with your model. I think it's a great a great thing and we look forward to to sharing this with with the community and and seeing what they think of it. So yeah, thanks for for your time. It's been a pleasure. Yeah,
3: thanks for having us on. It's fun. Why
1: don't you uh, let people know before we close up here where they can find you guys?
3: Well, the website's just www.valuenation.com and uh, yeah, I mean that's really the best place yeah. to find us for sure. It is. I mean Instagram. we all social over media? social. Yeah.
2: Value Nation. It's there's an underscore in there, but just search, you'll find us. <laughs> um, we're on Facebook too. Value Nation, Twitter, the Value Nation. So yeah, come find us.
1: Okay. Perfect. Yep, awesome. You heard it. Okay. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank you. you. See you. Yeah.